Hello, and welcome to September 21st, 2020. This is my first podcast since January of this year, a time before the COVID-19 pandemic. In that uh, time, I've uh, made a few videos and uh, put those up on Facebook, but I've not made a podcast about them. I've kind of figured that uh, we're all kind of tired of hearing about this, and uh, hopefully it's going to be gone one of these days. Uh, it's a kind of a beautiful day, a little on the warm side here in Southern California, and I uh, finally had something to say, and that is to say a few words about my mom, Lolita, who passed away on August 16th. She was 98 years, 11 months old, and uh, she had broken her leg and was put in the hospital for a while. Uh, they replaced the ball joint in her hip, and uh, that came out of place, and they had to put her under again and jam it back in. And uh, she was never the same after that. In fact, she only lived for three weeks after that procedure was done. But she was already on hospice care, which... Uh, happens when a doctor determines that a person has less than six months to live. And uh, so that means that uh, she got a hospital bed put in her room and, uh, you know, she got additional care. Anyway, now all the dust is settled. I'm square with uh, Brookdale and uh, no more money has to be sent to them. And uh, I even got a check for $3 and something from a place called Omnicare, which uh, supplied her with uh, a few meds that she was using, over-the-counter stuff. My mom was uh, a really wonderful person. She, she and my dad had a wonderful relationship. They met in high school. Uh, it was nice talking to her every week. Uh, for a time, she called me three times a week. Uh, then that got changed, uh, then she eventually forgot how to dial the phone and uh, but she was always happy to hear my voice it was only during the last month or six weeks that she just kind of mumbled and I couldn't understand anything she said but she sounded happy to talk to me a nurse over at Brookdale would bring a portable phone to her and uh, then I was able to spend some time with her on the phone we had a very nice uh, gravesite service only uh, at uh, Eternal Hills in Oceanside. Uh, there was about a dozen people there, I think, and I'm very thankful that my son Stephen, his wife, and his two children were there. And uh, it was officiated by two people from her church, Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Carlsbad, Pastors Wayne Olhorn and David Valeski. Uh, spoke and uh, did the service. Uh, they didn't have a, um, they didn't allow a service in the chapel. They just wanted to keep people distant from each other. But they did have the casket there with my mom. I was quite uh, honored uh, in that uh, somebody from the funeral home asked me if I would like to close the casket. And so that meant I had to tuck in a little uh, fancy cloth that was kind of over the top and tuck that in and uh, then actually closed the lid. And uh, 
I got to see how airtight that is, and uh, there's a mechanism in a casket that clamps that down, so uh, I think a person would have to have that special tool in order to open a casket. And uh, so uh, it was a very nice service, and uh, I stayed until the casket was lowered into the vault, and uh, you know, that was it. I'd like to read the obituary. Pastor Valeski asked me to write one, and uh, he only edited a little bit out of it, but uh, uh, he used everything that I said, pretty much. I'm not sure what part he cut out. The obituary of my mother. Lolita was born and raised in Chicago and married her high school sweetheart, Harold Prim, on August 14, 1943. They were both baptized members of the LCMS. That's the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. They were also both only children and had just one child, John, in 1945, who was born just one day before the end of World War II. That's September 1st. In 1950, they moved to the Chicago suburbs of Elmhurst and later Villa Park, Illinois. Lolita worked as a secretary all her life, most notably as the secretary to the president of the Elmhurst, Illinois YMCA. Harold worked for AT&T installing telephones, and later in Oceanside, he worked on a golf course, his dream job. Harold also lent his carpentry skills to Beautiful Savior and constructed a housing for a large TV, among other things. They were also on a bunch of church committees. They had retired in 1980 and had moved to Oceanside to be closer to their first grandchild, Stephen. They chose Oceanside as it was a nice, non-interfering distance from their son's family in Santa Ana. From my point of view, they were perfect parents who loved me and supported me. They were even actors in some of the 8mm films I made in the early 60s. They knew the art of compromising. For example, my dad loved to fish, including the crazy, insane practice of chopping a hole through the ice on a lake and sitting there freezing, hoping to catch a fish. My mom and I thought that was really dumb, but we joined him. My dad was never crazy about movies, especially the so-called chick flicks, but he went with my mom as it was important to her. Now that's good old compromising. I've always said throughout my life after my divorce that they were a tough act to follow. Lolita took incredible care of Harold after he suffered a severe stroke in the mid-90s. She was a saint in the way she cared for Harold, who wasn't able to speak very well. Perhaps we didn't let her know how much we admired her, as during some family dinners, if there was a lull in the conversation, she would lift up her glass of wine and say, here's to me. Her sense of humor was a constant. Harold and Lolita moved into the Brookdale Assisted Living Facility in 2008 or 2009. I really can't remember. Harold died in 2015. They were married for 72 years. Lolita leaves behind one son, John, two grandchildren, Stephen and Alan, and five great-grandchildren, Penny, Hunter, Olive, Harper, and Gideon. And so that uh, was read by Pastor Valeski at the gravesite, and then Pastor Olhorn said a few things, including the uh, Lord's Prayer. Oh, I have it here. 
Yeah, you read the Lord's Prayer and then the uh, Psalm 23. And uh, that took place, the funeral took place on August 31st. One day before my 75th birthday. whoop de freaking do uh, I didn't do anything for my birthday. I got a couple cards. And uh, Stephen said, well, you want to go out for dinner uh, somewhere, this is after the funeral, uh, and celebrate your birthday. I thought that was very sweet of him. And I said, no, no. I uh, let's leave this day be all about my mom. And then uh, I told him again that I, I don't like counting birthdays anymore. They were fun when you were younger and you were growing up and you were hoping to quickly become an adult so you could do anything you wanted. But uh, now that I'm 75, I don't want any more birthdays. I, I want to stay 75 all my life. It would be even better if I could stay 50 all my life when I was in somewhat good shape and all that stuff. And that's about all I had to say for this uh, episode of uh, What the Hell Is It Now? And uh, I have to say, I'm going to miss my mom, uh, even though we, all we had was phone conversations dur during the last uh, six months of her life. But Stephen, bless his heart, went down to see her and uh, after she had broken her leg, and uh, they were able to wheel her out into a uh, an outside area, and that's where he met with her. And he sent me a picture of that, and uh, I'll make that picture uh, the picture I use in this uh, podcast. Oh, the things that have happened since uh, January of this year, huh? It's... Uh, it's been nuts. It's not the first time our world has gone through a pandemic, but none of us living today had gone through the last one we had, which was uh, during World War One. And uh, so it's uh, it's an experience, isn't it? Uh, still, I um, try to maintain a, a good attitude. Uh, I miss running the video cameras at St. John's Lutheran Church. I'm able to do that now. I wasn't for a, a long time, but I'm still hesitant to do that because of my own health issues. And my health issues are that I'm old and I've had pneumonia a bunch of times. I'm also a diabetic, and so I, you know, if I catch this thing, I'm most likely a goner. Uh, so, um, I met with uh, somebody just yesterday who tried to, he, he wanted me to see if uh, a drive would work on my Mac, and it didn't, but uh, he and I wore a mask, and so that was the closest contact I've had with somebody uh, in, in ages. But both he and I, you know, wished each other well. I think I mentioned that, uh, you know, the weird thing about this is since the uh, shutdown of almost everything has occurred, and we've uh, been alone and wearing masks. I haven't had a single head cold, which were quite common with me. And so that was one good thing about uh, being socially distanced. distanced. 
The other big thing this year is the election. Uh, people are going nuts about that. The rhetoric is, is uh, something awful. One of my friends made a uh, statement about things and uh, that he was definitely not going to vote for Trump. And I chose to make a comment uh, agreeing with him that Trump was a, a bad choice. Um, you know, I didn't say anything too derogatory, I don't think. Anyway, somebody, a total stranger, you know, retorted back to me telling me that uh, Trump was uh, not a politician but a businessman and he's doing a fantastic job and all this stuff. And it just sort of reiterated my my point, and that was that people are voting along party lines and, and regardless of how big of an idiot the person in your camp is, you're still going to vote that way. And I, I just think that's stupid. You're voting for the person, not the party uh, in my in my world, Trump is an embarrassment to the United States, in my opinion. He's, uh, he doesn't read anything. He thinks he's right about everything. He doesn't listen to experts. You know, his heart might be in the right place uh, for some things, but he's, uh, I, he just thinks a little bit too much of himself uh, in order to be the ideal kind of uh, leader that uh, our country deserves. So anyway, that's all I'll say about that. I may not make another one of these until after the election, and uh, maybe I'll have something to say about that. There's always something happening in the world that I have an opinion about, and uh, I have to admit, though, that as I get older, I'm sort I care less because uh, things are just gonna go the way, the way they want to go, and uh, other people have control over the direction of things and I just I just don't have that uh, I don't have what it takes to be a, a leader uh, I was a leader in college uh, I was elected president of the drama club that was kind of fun I think I went on record as totally spending down our our treasury on uh, pins and uh, sweatshirts and and a few other things, and I even hired my best friend, David Ludwig, to do the artwork for these things and paid him. It was, so it was kind of fun to be king and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, run the meeting. And another time I was elected president of uh, an amateur film club that I really enjoyed going to. But uh, under my leadership, or maybe just from attrition, it just kind of fizzled out. I don't think it's going anymore. There were a lot of old folks, and they just uh, faded away. I don't know if I put this in my book about aliens and Area 51. Uh, I had a section there. But there is one gentleman from out in the desert near Joshua Tree. Nice guy, and he was a doctor, a medical doctor, and uh, just a super warm guy. And uh, he worked on the uh, life support systems that was in the space shuttles. You know, the various medical things that would help the astronauts if they were uh, ill or whatever. So anyway, he was part of NASA. And uh, I couldn't help but ask him once privately, as well, you know, you were in NASA, and uh, I, I'm, ju I'm just curious, did you ever find out 
if there really is anything extraordinary in Area 51. And he said he, he was under a gag order of sorts. He couldn't really discuss things. But he did say, I've seen things that were not of this world, and I know that we're not alone. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> he was a real person who uh, I would have trusted to be my doctor. And um, so there you go. Why we haven't seen these people from other planets, I have no idea. But uh, I think they're there. Uh, it would be nice to prove it one day. Nice to know the truth. So this concludes this uh, podcast. I thank you all for listening to this one. And uh, I hope you're still enjoying what life has to offer, even though we're quarantined. And uh, we don't know how long it's going to take for this COVID-19 virus that has different strains now uh, to uh, be wiped out. We shall see. I know Trump would like to make himself a hero by, you know, having a foolproof vaccine come out just before his election. But uh, who cares? It shouldn't be a political item anyway. It's a cause for concern for all of us. So blessings upon you, and I hope all of your days ahead are pleasant ones.